haven't we? And we've all got some war stories to tell of some of the challenges of the last two years. And we can perhaps compare, you know, how tough that's been. I won't share our story with you for fear of boring you. But, but I guess we could all say it's been majorly challenging over the last uh, year. And I just want to talk today about resilience, how we as Christians can be resilient despite the most difficult and challenging of circumstances. If we go back one slide, is that possible just to go back to the first one? That's our grandchild. So there we go. We were going to show it earlier, but we weren't sure whether it was queued up ready. So that's him there. That's little Oakley. And he's five months old this week and he's cute. But so are your grandchildren too, or your kids. Okay, next slide, please, if we could. Okay, we're going to read from Acts chapter 14. Um, And um, I'm going to talk really quickly because I know time is already going on. So Acts chapter 14, verse 8. So Paul uh, is on a missionary journey and he's going from place to place, um, you know, sharing the good news of Jesus with other people. And uh, God's doing some amazing thing. Him and Barnabas, they're seeing people respond uh, to, to faith, come to faith in Jesus Christ. But there's a bit of opposition going along with it as well, as you'll see from this picture and this story. So verse 8, Acts chapter 14. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out. That's interesting, a bit like the Lazarus situation. Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk and he'd never walked before. Amen. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. This is not going well. And when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only humans like you. We are bringing you good news telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul, hang on, and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby or Derby or however we pronounce it, they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Amen. Lord, we thank you in the time that we have available today. Thank you for the opportunity to just study your living word. And uh, we pray that, that you'll enable me to highlight those parts that you particularly want uh, to speak 
to encourage your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the word resilient is what we're going to be talking about this morning. And the word resilient in the English uh, dictionary uh, is described in this way. It means to uh, recoiling, springing back, resuming original form after stretching or bending, etc., readily recovering from depression, etc., and also in a different context, it can mean buoyant. So this is where the visual aid comes in. This elastic band is a resilient material. Sorry, no, I won't do that, Claude. That would be naughty. But, 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 but it's a resilient material. I'm, I'm not going to stretch it to its absolute max for fear that it may not be as resilient as I hope it was. But it's resilient. We can stretch it. But when I let go of the pressure, it retur returns to its normal position. It's a, a, re a resilient material. Also, uh, going back to junior school science, we take this table tennis ball and if we plunge it into the water, however hard I try to push it down, as soon as I let go of the pressure on it, what happens? It bounces back. You knew that, didn't you? Of course you did. It bounces. Why? Because it's, it's resilient or it's buoyant. There's been quite a few things, have there not, over the last couple of years that have caused us to feel a bit submerged. Perhaps I will tell you where I think we hit, as a family, our nastiest bit of COVID lockdown was in November 2020, when on a Tuesday morning about 10.30, I had a phone call from my mum saying, your dad has just passed away alone in hospital, died suddenly. We knew he was in hospital. He'd been taken in four days earlier. Nobody had been able to get to see him because we weren't allowed into the hospital. I think my mum had spoken to him on the phone a couple of times. And there on a Tuesday morning, sat by the side of his bed, he was taken into heaven to be with Jesus. Great news for him. Quite tough for us, particularly as at the time, both Helen and I had COVID and we weren't able to get alongside my mum to comfort her in the loss of that situation. Uh, it was a low point. It felt at times over that next four days until we could actually escape from isolation. It felt a pretty low time. And maybe you've got your story too. Maybe you've been made unemployed. Maybe your company went bust during this or something happened or your firm laid you off. It could have been that you had a, a health issue or you may have had multiple bereavement issues Etc. Uh, Etc. Et I don't know, but sometimes it's pretty hard, isn't it? Have you ever felt like you feel a bit like a table tennis ball submerged under the water with this pressure on top of you? Uh, I want to just encourage you today that God is going to enable us to be resilient people. And maybe even today you've come into this and you're feeling, I don't even know why I'm here today. Uh, I feel like I'm quite discouraged in my faith. I feel disappointed with God uh, or this or that or the other. You don't know maybe how long you can keep going anymore. You feel like that, but I want to encourage you this morning that there is hope in Jesus Christ, that he does bring life where there is death. And he will, if we wait upon him as we did in our worship this morning, he will enable us to spring back to life. He 
is a resilient God. Uh, in our own strength, we may or may not be able to do it, but in his strength, we can. And I think one of the best stories in the Bible for demonstrating resilience is the story that we've just read of the Apostle Paul. And this morning, I just want to take about uh, a few minutes just to underline three things I've called three keys to a resilient life. I'm sure there are more keys to a resilient life, but here are three for starters from the passage. And I've summarized them in Ready, Steady, Go just to make it kind of hopefully a little bit more memorable. So ready, steady, go. Number one is ready. If you want to live a resilient life, you need to get ready for some struggles and difficulties. Now, that's not very encouraging, but it does get better, this message, as we go on. But I do think that some of us have this whole sense of, uh, of expecting that somehow God, because we belong to him, we're children of God, is somehow going to kind of protect us from the nastier parts of life. That, that somehow he's going to shield us, and I think he does, but it doesn't mean to say that, that bad stuff doesn't happen to good people. And it's not because you've suddenly stepped out of the will of God or you've displeased him and his covering is lifted and now this onslaught has happened. It just is a part of life. And the, the good news is uh, that what makes us different is that we don't have to go through these things on our own, that we have God who never lets us go down, who, is, who sticks closer than a brother or a sister to us to go through those situations with us and then to enable us to be resilient even in the harshest of times. But I do think it's worth reminding us that, that there will be some struggles, there will be some difficulties, and God's not punishing you. It's just life. It's because we live in this fallen world, in this fallen creation, and sometimes bad stuff happens to good people, but God still loves us. And he's still with us. We see this repeated time and time again. But let me, before I look at the story in Acts, let me remind us what, what Jesus says. He doesn't say, uh, come and follow me. He doesn't say, pick up your cushion or your pillow and follow me. He does say, pick up your cross and follow me. That, that in this, even in the joy of following Jesus, there is challenge. Jesus says in John 16, in this world, you will have a great time. No, you'll have an awesome, amazing time. Well, yes, you might do. But Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is putting it out there straight and up front and saying, actually, if you want to be a follower of mine, there will be some challenges. You will have to take a cross. It's not about what you want. It's what God wants. Uh, but there will be a cross. But in the cross, in the dying, there is living and there is life. And when you lose your life, for my sake, you find it again and you find what life is all about. But he's up front with that. So therefore, I just want to encourage us that, that let's have a, a theology that's robust enough to say, actually, when tough times come, you know, uh, it's okay because God's with me. That God still is for me. He still has great plan. You know, he's still going to be with me in this. And let's not allow ourselves to kind of go, okay, I'm out of here. Remember the story that Jesus told, the parable about the, 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 the sower, and he, the sower went out to sow the seed, and some of it fell on, on the path, and the birds came down and ate it up. Others fell on shallow soil where it sprung up quite quickly, but when the sun came out and the heat came, it scorched because 
the, the roots didn't go down deep and others fell amongst the thorns and the thistles and when they grew, they choked the life out. But then some fell on good soil and produced a harvest. Notice that second part where it falls on, the, as it were, the stony ground. So there's a, there's a layer of soil, but it doesn't go down very deep and there's rock and it looks like the plant's doing really well because it shoots up. But then when the, the troubles come, and the, that's what Jesus says, when the troubles and persecution comes, the, the plant or the faith dies. Why? Because its root aren't deep enough. I think what actually God wants to do through tough times sometimes is make sure our roots go down deeper, that we don't get scorched, we don't give up, but we're people that go, I'm not giving up, I'm not quitting, I'm going to make sure that even through these tough times, my faith in God can go down deeper. Amen? That's how we grow, isn't it? We grow through the, the tough times. So we see this repeatedly in, in the book of Acts, particularly when Paul is on his journeys with Barnabas, sharing the good news with others. Time and time again, there's opposition that comes. Let me read to you Acts 13, verse 50. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women in Antioch of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against them. Paul and Barnabas were expelled from their region, so they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. So that's chapter 13, chapter 14, just before the passage we've read. They come to another place called Iconium, and it says here, there was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to ill-treat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Lystra, and Derby. You could go on and on and on. They're, what you see repeated time and time again is that they, they took the good news of Jesus to places where maybe nobody had ever preached the gospel before. And, and there was a great response, but there was also a response of persecution. It reminds us that actually those two so often go together. As the church advances, that people will, as this church continues to advance and do the things that God's called it to do, there will be some great successes. There will be some great transformations in people's lives. The kingdom will come, but don't be surprised if there's some stresses and challenges that come along with it as well. And I think one of the ways that we can be resilient is that we can be prepared for that, that we're not knocked off course when something bad happens and question our faith or question whether we made the right decision. The Apostle Paul knew what he was called to do and he just kept on doing it despite the opposition. A few years ago, uh, Helen and I were in Spain on holiday. Remember those days when you used to be able to go to places like that on holiday and get on a plane and do all of that? Anyway, well, we were there and most times when we're there in the summer, it's beautiful weather and every day is you know, wall-to-wall sunshine. But there was one particular day where it got overcast and the wind was quite strong. And because we're from Britain and because we don't let that spoil a day on the beach, we still went down to the beach. Nobody else is kind of on this beach. That's true, isn't it, Like nobody else in sight. And we're sat there and we're trying to brave it in the deck chair and the wind's whipping the sand across, you know, it's sort of slapping you in the face. It's not pleasant. Uh, so anyway, I look out to the sea and there's some beautiful waves out there. And I think, wow, that looks fun. I'm not a surfer, but I think, wow, it looks kind of like good fun out there today. So I, I go into the sea. Nobody else in the family will join me. 
And um, so I'm out there diving through the waves and having a great time. And then I make a mistake. I kind of put my back to the waves and I look at the family and I'm kind of half calling them to come in with me. But I'm half doing this sort of manly pose, you know, posing a bit. And suddenly this great big wave comes behind me and pushes me under the water. Oh, my family are absolutely beside themselves. It's, you know, the funniest thing they've seen for ages. I'm kind of like struggling. I just about kind of get myself to my feet. You know what happens? And the next one comes in. And actually, for me, I'm going, oh my gosh, this is a bit serious. I'm like, oh, trying to kind of get myself up. I'm only about, you know, know, five foot of water, so I'm probably not going to lose my life. But anyway, so, but this amusing scene happens uh, and my kids are even more. They're sort of hilarious. Eventually, I managed to, you'll be pleased to know, regain my footing and come in. And I've learned my lesson to humble myself and not show up, show off, sorry. And, and why am I telling you that story? I reckon if I'd had my face towards the waves that were coming in, I could have stood my ground just about. I wouldn't have got in the mess that I did but it's when I was unexpectedly hit by a wave that it took me out. I think there is something about that for us as Christians. We have not to be looking for trouble or, or speaking negatively about a situation. We don't want to be glass half empty people, but we do want to be people that go, okay, when it comes, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I've got my roots deep into God and I'm standing in his strength and in his power. And I can, we can see this we can, I, I'm determined to stand firm because I love Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, there we go. That's the first one. Number two, we'll move quicker on this one, I promise. The second key. So the first key is to stand firm uh, in, in that. To, to, sorry, to be ready for some struggles and difficulties. Number two, if we're going to live a resilient life, we need to get steady by getting connected to others. What I l- kind of like about this passage from Acts chapter 14 is this particular verse where it says this, they stoned Paul and they dragged him outside of the city, thinking he was dead, but after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. Do those ever bits of the New Testament you go, hang on, Luke who wrote Acts, could you just give us a bit more information? I want to know a bit more. So one moment, they literally stoned him. So these, these Jewish people came and they picked up rocks and they stood away from Paul and they pelted him with some rocks and some stones until eventually Paul fell before them, lost consciousness. And I think, they, well, it says here in the Bible, they thought he was dead. They thought he was dead. They thought they killed him. That was the plan to take him out. This wasn't a mercy mission where we'll kind of stone him, we'll teach him a lesson and leave him for dead. I genuinely think they thought he was dead and they walked away. But then it says this, but after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. Oh, hang on, what? They thought he was dead. Maybe he was. Maybe he was very close to death. Next minute... He's back and he's walking back into the city. That's interesting, isn't it? So what happened between the two? Well, all it says here is that the disciples gathered around him. They gathered around him. I think they did more than gather around him, don't you? Maybe they did. But they gathered around him and I, what would you have done in that? See, what happened? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I think, I like to think, speculate maybe. 
that I suspect some of them got down by side of him and started to kind of check his pulse and to, you know, maybe to cover some of his wounds and try and stop the bleeding. And then others were, were praying and others were declaring life where there was death, a bit like the story of Lazarus. They go, you know, commanding in the name of Jesus, not praying polite prayers, but desperate prayers, commanding life to come into Paul's body. And what happens? He comes back to life again and he walks into the city. That's amazing. That is amazing. What's the point here is I wonder, and the question I've got is this, maybe you've asked it yourself, would Paul have been raised up if he was traveling on his own that day? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Would Paul have been raised up if he was traveling on his own that particular day? I don't know. Is the answer to the question. I don't know. Would he have been raised up? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty glad that he had some people with him that day to encourage him uh, when he was traveling. Don't you? I'm pretty glad he thought, wow, I'm so glad I brought Barnabas on this trip. I'm so glad a few other people joined us for this journey because they were the ones when I needed them, when I was dead or close to death, they were the ones that gathered around me. They're the ones that prayed for me. And now look what God has done for me. The lesson If we're going to be resilient, actually, we can't do it on our own. However great we are and however strong we are and however deep our roots might go into God, we were never intended to walk this journey alone. That's why more than ever right now as the church, we need to encourage people to get plugged into church. And maybe those that have drifted a bit, and I'm not speaking ill of them, but we need to say, hey, come on, we need you. We need, you need us and we need you. Will you plug back in because we need one another? Without it, we're going to be very vulnerable And we may not make it through in our Christian journey. Why? Because we need one another. And that's exactly the way that God wants it to be. So maybe that's a take home today. Maybe there is somebody without nagging them, without making them feel bad. But to say, hey, look, we've really missed you in church over the last, you know, X number of weeks or months or whatever it might be. And say, hey, could you come back? Because we need you. I think you need us. And it's so important that we look after one another. We encourage one another. Number three, so we've got the first key is to be ready for some struggles, to have that understanding that sometimes that's the way it is, but God still loves us and he's still for us. Number two, to be steady by getting connected to others. Number three, if we want to live a resilient life, we need to go. Ready, steady, go. We need to keep on moving forward. If you want to live a resilient life, you need to go to keep on focused on the mission. Very quickly, what I see in this is is that As soon as Paul comes back to life or gets healed or restored, he goes back into the city. And then it says the next day, verse 20, the next day he and Barnabas left for Derbe, which was about 60 miles away. And they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Wow. That's resilient, isn't it? Like, well, he didn't say, you know, we're, I'm going to take a little bit of a sabbatical uh, for a few months. And that might have been really legitimate to do that. Or I'm having the weekend off and Barnabas will see you next week. You know, he just was so committed to the mission that God had given him that that brings resilience. He just knew 
that that's what he was called to do and that God was going to be with him and was going to strengthen him, was going to help him when he was doing what God called him to do. And I just really believe that we, if we're to be a resilient church, if we're to be a resilient Elim church or a resilient Elim denomination, one of the things that's going to get us there is not only the support of others, not only is the fact that we are expecting, we have a theology that can encompass tough times but still keep going, but I think we're going to need to remain on mission and we're going to need to remain what God's called us to do and that actually now what as I travel around I'm sensing that something is kind of shifting in our Elim churches and and we're going from just kind of maintenance of trying to hold it all together going oh my goodness this is tough to actually going no we can't do that anymore we still have a world to reach and we need to make sure that that's front and center that we are doing what God's called us to do And you may have found, well, that's what we've been doing the last two years. And if that's your story, then fantastic. Well done. And I'm sure that you have been in many ways. It's kept going what you're doing. But I think there's that sense in our hearts or maybe us as individuals where we go, yeah, maybe I've felt a bit discouraged in my my heart. I feel a bit lost or I, I don't feel like, you know, as strong a Christian as I was or however we describe it. I want to say, why don't you just get back doing what God called you to do beforehand? You know, if you don't know what he's doing right now, we'll go back to where what the last thing he told you to do is keep doing that with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with the best of your efforts, because I believe that's what, where God will use you. Because he wants us to be on track. He wants us to be reaching out. There is still this world to reach. And what we're finding is that actually what's happened in the pandemic is not that we've just been through a tough time, but the world's been through an even tougher time. Those around us, you know, outside of the church have been through. And it's almost like the, 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 the things that they would have used to resist the gospel in the past have suddenly been stripped away from them. And there is a new openness to the things of God that wasn't there before. When you begin to share that good news, the people are more open to pray, be prayed for now than they were because I think they're just desperate. They're broken. The things that they trusted in, they thought they could depend on, have suddenly lots of those things have been stripped away and, and they don't know where to look. And there's no, well, there seems to be little hope. And so when we come with this amazing message that there's a responsiveness. So I, I want to say maybe just to encourage some of you, maybe you tried you know, uh, trying to pray for that person before. Maybe you tried to share the good news uh, you know, up until you know, maybe a couple of years ago and it felt like you were facing resistance. I would want to cont- encourage you, why don't you have another go? Because you might have found that actually in this last while, God has been doing something that we didn't know. So I've come here today to encourage you. I hope you're encouraged, particularly if you feel a bit under the water, a bit under the water level. If you feel like you're a bit bowed down today, I want to encourage you that the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and me, and that you may be put down, and you may feel like you've been beaten up or stoned, and you may be kind of just really struggling, but today, if you will put your hope and your trust in Jesus, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh, you will come bouncing back. He's not finished with you as individuals and as a church, and he wants you to know that today. And it may mean that you're going to have to start declaring life where there's death in some areas of your life, but God loves to do a resurrection thing. Amen. It's quite therapeutic, so I think I'll just do it for a while. Anyway, there we go. Shall we pray?
And maybe today some of you just want to respond. I realize time has gone. Sorry, I've overrun a little bit this morning. But, but, but just as we pause, maybe today some of you here are just thinking, yeah, that message is for me and I need to respond while every eye is closed and heads are bowed. Why don't you just put up your hand, as, not so much as a response to me, so much as just saying, God, yeah, I feel the pressure. I'm feeling discouraged. But Lord, I want to be resilient. Would you, resilient, would you touch me today? Would you lift me up? If that's you, whatever your circumstances, why don't you just do that right now as a, almost as a response to God? And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, will inspire you and fill you and encourage you. So if that's you and you want to kind of be a part of the prayer, why don't you just put up your hand right now and we'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Father, thank you. You see the hands that have gone up. And we pray particularly for those individuals today that, that you will come by your spirit and that you will restore them and renew them. That that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead would encourage them today. And uh, Lord, we break off every sort of lie of the enemy that has put across their lives or everything that they've told themselves about the hopelessness of the situation. And Lord, today, whatever it is, we pray for a sense of renewal and revival that you will bring life where there is, it felt like it's just death and there's nothing. And that today that will make the, the, the mark of a new beginning so we ask you bless them and I pray your blessing upon all of us here in this church today I pray that you'll fill us with your spirit I pray that we'll know some fresh encouragement from heaven Lord it hasn't been easy uh, but Lord we're believing you for good things in the future we're believing that your kingdom will advance in this community and Lord we're asking that you would move us forward back into mission together that we might encourage one another and stand with one another. And Lord, that we can see uh, some great days ahead. Lord, we believe that the best days for your church in this town, in this nation are still ahead. And we thank you for all that's gone before. But we're praying, Lord, that you would restore, renew and revive in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, Martin.